Welcome, welcome everyone to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner, and in today's episode of the Trail Life, I am joined by a local San Diego running legend, and even though he doesn't think that, anyone who can run 70 marathons in 70 days definitely fits that category in my book. So to hear about more about that story and much more, please welcome my next guest, Mr. Kevin Hopp. Well, help me turn the turn in. Help me get it right I don't wanna hurt nobody well, I don't wanna fight well, Offer me the peace of mind and let me Thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. And I want to share my story. You know, it, just like just like everybody else that I've had on this podcast, you know, over the last uh, nine months or so, it's it's a lot of runners that I that I know, and I must say that I miss seeing you guys. Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't personally seen you uh, easily since March or April. I don't think. Um, so it's it's kind of nice to <laughs> finally get a chance to, to catch up with you and talk with you a little bit. Have you started getting back into the group run stuff or are you still kind of out there flying solo? Today was my first um, group run with the Crackhead Runners in Carlsbad at the coffee shop. Uh, I love those guys. <laughs> such a such a good run. But I tell you, my thing is, it is uh, I'm a fair, I don't want to say fair weather runner, but I'm definitely a warmer weather <laughs> runner. I, I, <laughs> I don't like to be freezing cold when I'm when I'm out there running. So I, I figure I, and I, I was telling Mike uh, just on Tuesday night that I'll be back to that run when it starts to get a little bit warmer in the mornings. <laughs> Well, you know, anyone on the East Coast is going to consider a 50 degree warm and hot, actually. I say that lightly, I should say, you know, it's one of those things people in Colorado listen to this too. They're like, what are you talking about? 50 degrees, that'd be great. So anyway, I, I wanted to, I, I've enjoyed talking to you over over the years um, at, at different races that, that you come to ours and, and you know, through the through different groups and stuff. And I, I always thought it would be really great to get your story out there and let people hear kind of your experiences on the trails. You you've actually you're out there running all the time and you're really active on on social media and stuff so i I always see your runs that way and i think a lot of people are probably the same that know you it's like the amount of running that you do now and that you've done over the last you know couple years let's call it um you would think that you had been a runner or have been a runner for a very extended period of time or almost your entire life but that's not true you you were telling me you just uh you just really got into the running back in 2012 yeah so 2012 pretty much a couch potato um from you know high school being the high school athletic very little you know high school athletic but still was involved college met my wife you know career focused children all of that more couch potato and then 2012 took my daughter December 2012 took her to bed and carrying her upstairs felt out of shape and I just figured I need to change something and so um, the next day got up and went for a run and so what was your what was your very first run distance and what was that what was that experience for you because I did run cross country in high school I thought it would be the typical cross country 5k three mile or 3.1 miles what it turned into was 10 houses down my neighborhood street and total out of breath and felt like death within, I don't even know if it was a 10th of a mile. And I turned around and walked home and said, okay, tomorrow I'll get to the 11th house. And that's how 
it built. And it probably took me six months to get to one mile, which seems completely crazy. As most people know, when I was on my run streak, I ran 1,300 days straight, a little bit over three years. And the average day was longer than a half marathon. So, and when I started, I couldn't do a mile. Jesus. Um, I want to, I want to unpack that 1300, uh, days straight here in just a little bit, but, uh, what, what was, I mean, what was, and, and maybe still is your motivation for, to get going and get up and, you know, do those, get those miles in. When I first started, the motivation was, um, to be around as my children grew older, um, to be, to have a five-year-old daughter. And to not be able to lift her up and take her to bed um, was a huge motivation of like, I will be dead um, and won't see her graduate high school or whatever, those big events in life, if I don't change um, the health that I was at at that point. So that was the big motivation then. I think now, especially with pandemic of 2020, it's a huge mental um, health um, issue break going out and being in the sun wind whatever on the trails beautiful scenery um, you can't beat california weather i think my why now is that that just freedom of being outdoors uh, and so did uh i know you said you, you started as you're just counting houses as you're going down what what got you into uh because you're you're mostly a trail runner i know i know some of your your runs are on on road and stuff but is it mostly when you started, did you even have a consideration of uh, doing trail running or was it just like, hey, let's, I just want to get out there and run, let's do the road. And then trail running kind of came at a later later time. With the neighborhood of mostly Southern California, it's not far from your house front door to some sort of trail. Um, so I chose eventually when I could run further to run on trails because I was embarrassed because I lost weight as I ran. Um, I didn't feel like I fit the image of a runner. I know you guys will say like, who know me? Like what? You're not a runner. Um, but I had a huge issue when I first started that I wasn't a runner and I didn't want to be seen by other people as I run because, you know, I was embarrassed that or whatever that what it was embarrassment for me. I don't think anyone else cared that I was outside running, but it's easier to disappear on a trail than it is in your neighborhood. Even though it's a neighborhood trail, you don't run across as, you know, or come across as many people as you do on the sidewalk or next, you know, next to the road in cars. So, um, it was just naturally for me to disappear into the, you know, trails in the neighborhood and run up the mountain, which is probably the best thing for me because running up a hill, is a huge strength. I laugh at people that normally run, let's say the crackhead run or the panic and run, which is just flat and coast. And we go inland something to like a San Alijo run and they're complaining about run. like, that was 300 feet of elevation. That's nothing guys, come on. But they're, you know, and these are good runners that are complaining about 300 feet of elevation. It's like, oh, this is nothing. So I think it's helped build me so I can do the longer mileage and races and so forth. Well, and I think I think that says a lot too. Like anybody who's trying to get into shape and is a little bit self conscious about getting out there and running, and and because you know when you when you start, you're not going to be very fast, and there is going to be a lot of walking involved. You know, it, it, trails do kind of help out with that mentality. You can go out, you can kind of get lost in the wilderness a little bit, and kind of like just mentally be there. 
by yourself, right? And you don't have to worry about, you know, even cars driving by and what you think what, what you think about people as they drive by or as you run by other people and stuff. So I, I totally get your mentality on that. Yeah, the trails definitely, I mean, you had that mentality when you needed to stop your I will say when you stop and walk on the street, you, you feel like, oh, people are seeing that I'm walking and I, they know I probably came out for a run. <laughs> but when that, you're out yeah, hiking true. or, you know, power walking or whatever up a mountain or a neighborhood trail, um, no one's going to judge you if you're walking or running. No one cares what you're, you know, and I'm sure no one cared on the road either, but it's that sort of issue with, you know your mind does crazy things, you know, yeah. <laughs> right there with you. I, I'm typically when I'm out running, it's, it's, I would say it's about 60% walking. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I've been there and it's, it's, you know, and I'm there again, you know, but it's all part it, of the it process is. and growth it, it and is. journey. So let's, um, let's go back to the 1300. I've talked to, there's, you know, two or three guys that I've talked to or two or three people, sorry, that, that I've talked to over the last couple of years that have, you know, that are around 500 or have, or have hit like the 200 or 300. So, and to me, I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot to, uh, to get out there and do that many in a row. Um, what was getting 1300? Was that, was that something that just kind of started or you kind of had in your, in your mind, like, Hey, I, I just want to see how far I can get as far as the total days in a row. I mean, how did that work out? It was really, as I started at, you know, in 2012, I didn't really, that's, I didn't know anyone else that ran, you know, it wasn't like I went out and sought someone for advice or anything. I just went out and ran and I basically felt you know, I, I, you should run every day. I didn't have any program. It wasn't like I was going to train for a race. And to be honest with you at where I was in running, I didn't even know there were trail races or road races or, you know, any of that. I didn't care. It was more about health at that point of being better, healthier and losing weight or whatever. It wasn't about racing or even building a community of runners, which I love so much now. Um, it was purely about, I need to exercise. Otherwise, you know, I may not be here tomorrow. So that sort of, you know, started it. And that was 2012. My run streak started the dates easy, 12, 14 of 2016, 12, 14, 16. So I know the date it started. So I had, you know, four years um, before I started the run streak. But during those four years, since I didn't really... Now, obviously, before 2016, I had met runners and everything. But prior to, you know, really, when I first started, I just ran every day. So I thought it was normal. So taking a day off actually felt awkward to me. But I felt like, oh, these are these good runners that I've met at groups that are saying, oh, you need to take a rest day or you need to do this. So I started to take rest days more off of advice of people I respected. They need a rest day. So I guess I do. And I'm sure I need rest days. I'm not saying I don't, but I sort of thrive on fewer, you know, less rest, tired legs, whatever you want to call it. I feel I thrive through that. From running daily and doing those, you know, 1300 days in a row, did you set kind of a, a, a limit? Because I've, again, to some of the people that I've talked to before, it's like, hey, as long as I can get a mile in today, that's kind of, I consider that my day off. I mean, were you kind of in that same mentality of, hey, I just I just need to get a mile, maybe two, and I'm good? I did, and I'm very, so at the very beginning, I figured the mile was um, a limit. You know, I have to run the mile each day in order to counter run streak. So I sort of, you know, very 
you know, made a list of, of rules. There were very few of them, but a mile was on there. It had to be run each day. It's not like I could do two miles the next day if I skipped a day. So it was just, you know, um, just the basics of what a run streak would be. But my minimum was a mile. Other people have different limits, but mine, my limit had to be one mile met. And I probably went through two years with this one mile thing being my, you know, lower, but I ran probably those first two years never using a mile. Um, I probably smallest day was five miles, you know. And so then I started to reevaluate. Should I change my mile limit to like two or three? And then, you know, things sort of change. And I don't know, I went through a moment where it was less, you know, at like year two when I was still a year, like, oh, I'm not as motivated now. Um, so I was certainly glad and I got really sick with like a flu once and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't change to a two mile because I made a couple of those when you're running an illness, <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why people don't run street, but I got sick yeah. and I'm like, oh, I don't want to give up this run and I'm out there throwing up on the trail, you know, and so forth. But it's like, it's for a run streak. <laughs> Isn't that crazy though, how you're getting into like wanting to get into fitness, right? You're like, Oh, I'll, I'll, uh, tomorrow, I'm going to get into it tomorrow. And then all of a sudden you, your mentality changes and you're sitting at 1300 days in a row of, of doing some kind of workout. It's, it's always been amazing to me, the mentality that people can flip that switch and it's, it, it's awesome. So, I mean, 1300, man, it's, I, I didn't, I actually didn't know 1300 was, was where your streak was. So that was, that's awesome that you, you went that long. Well, and that ended probably right around the last time you saw me because it ended, I will say, April of 2020. So it was when it ended. Yeah, kind of, you know, that's that's the hard thing, too, is when when California shut sh- shit, even they shut our trails down. It's it makes it a little <laughs> bit harder. Yes, we can run on the road. But when you start getting used to running on trails and it makes it a little bit easier, you know, on the body, it's when they when they shut you down for what was it? Three, three months they shut us down or two months they shut us down. So it's makes it a little bit tougher, but also kind of forces you to kind of take a break a little bit, too. But I was on right at the beginning of the pandemic, I went off and ran and I was doing like, I don't know, ran from my house over to San Leo Hills. And it was, um, I think it's Copper Creek um, trail, went to the trailhead and a ranger pulled up the, in a truck and said, don't go that way. You'll get a trespassing ticket. And I was like, what? I'm here by myself. There's no one else with me. Um, I thought it was supposed to be healthy to be outdoors. And so I had to turn around and go back home. Basically, I was shocked. Yeah, that's it's amazing to me that they that that was the state of things that we were in at that point in time. And and I'm I'm glad that that is over with. And at least we can be out on the trails. I mean, we're racing is a completely different topic for for another day. But uh, um, so let's talk about the within that within this four years or within this 1300 day streak, you ended up doing over the summertime, uh, 70 marathons in 70 days. How did how did you get how did you get to that point? You I mean, I ran a lot of races, I would say. So 2012 starting just, you know, running um, 2014. November 2014 was my first half marathon, which was road. And I really didn't know anything about races, but how I got into it was a Silver Strand um, half marathon off of Coronado or out of Coronado. And a group of teachers 
got together and said, we're going to train for our first half marathon. And I'm like, what do you mean train for a half marathon? What's a, what's a half marathon? What's a race? What's, I had no idea. Even though I was probably the only person running at that point since two, you know, for two years out of this group. And I'm like, okay, I'll join you. And so it was, that was sort of the introduction to running in groups was through this group of teachers. And, um, amazingly enough out of all the group i mean i was at that point you know 45 years old and the school i worked at was a brand brand new school um so most of the kids i call them kids they were the teachers but they were in their 20s 25 years old and i was you know basically double their age and i came in second of the group of teachers with a 145 um road half as my first race so um, and then I just caught the bug. And of course, oh, you ran a half marathon. And then December, I ran the Carlsbad Marathon. And the reason why they were road first is because I didn't even know trail races existed, you know, at first. So then I ran the Carlsbad Marathon as my first marathon um, and totally crashed at like mile 20, the typical hit the wall as I had, you know, I had no, tra- you know, real training. It's, you know, just ran every day. So um, and that's how the races started. And so I then found racing and loved it. And it got to a point by 2019 that I'm like, I'm racing every weekend. Why am I paying to do an event? You know, I mean, sorry, Jeff, I know you're a race director and you need to make an income. Um, But I was like, why am I paying every single weekend? Obviously, if I'm running every day, can I really race every single weekend and get the true experience of what are, I mean, I love the celebration and being with other people that, but I'm like, I need something else besides, you know, you know, it gets expensive to sign up for races. And I'm like, every weekend I'm at a, you want to, I can do my own self-supported. So that's where the idea born came from. It was like the racing. I totally enjoyed it, but it was one of those things like I'm not getting, you know, a PR and I'm not really racing it's it's the fun of the event so i just created my own event and that's how 70 marathons and 70 days came around wow you know it was really cool during that during that time frame was to see the amount of people that would come out with you and did that start right like right away when you kind of started that or because because i noticed about halfway through at least that's from what i noticed about halfway through i was seeing friends of ours or people that we know mutually were joining you up for you know a few miles or a half time or or they would go out and run the entire time with you i mean did, did when did you start seeing the community join in with you there's two points on community the local community here in san diego that physically actually showed up and then there's that social media community of instagram and those two did not happen at the same time obviously i think i went through maybe the first four marathons you know by myself you know waking up at you know 5 a.m. so I could have time with my family, you know, 5 a.m. and then four, four and a half hour is what it took me to run, which I can't believe that I was able to finish a casual, you know, marathon in four and a half hours. Like it's nothing, but it was back then. Now I would, I would pray that I could do a four and a half hour marathon, but I'll get back. But, um, I probably went through about four of them before someone said, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll do eight miles with you. 
you know, type of thing. And then other people reached out and said, oh, I'll do, you know, 12 or whatever. And some of it we could, you know, set up different start points. So I was never really by myself or alone. And um, that only took about four marathons to get through. I know you're going to be running. Where are you going running at? And I'll be out there if you let me know. And so I was able to, you know, say, hey, I'll be here at such and such time. And people picked up and joined. And that just made it so much more enjoyable. And that pretty much obviously happened all the way through until so probably from marathon five if i was to marathon 70 i always had someone running with me unless i was out of town because there was some vacations and so forth in there and when i was out of town and out of the area no one jumped in and said hey i'll run with you um but that's you know that side of it of locally it was an unbelievable um in marathon 70 i did loops around dixon lake because that way people could just join in, you know, whatever loops they wanted to do. And I don't, I don't remember the number, but I'll say 50 to 80 people, you know, it was at least 50 showed up, you know, and did some miles. And then we met at the local coffee shop and did a little celebration. And it was just an awesome. And I'm so glad it was 2019 because it wouldn't have happened in 2020. So, um, it was an awesome experience in the social media I would say in Strava, whatever you want to consider social media happened. It was very, very weird because it was like, why does any, you know, no one care. No one seemed to notice every day. I'm, you know, posting my Strava activity every day. I am, you know, posting on Instagram, another marathon, marathon number 50, marathon number 51. And then all of a sudden I probably went from like 300 followers on Instagram and maybe, I don't know, 50 followers on Strava to like my Instagram, you know, went up like a thousand people. It was weird. And I'm going, how did, and I don't, you don't, you don't know what does that. And I realized a thousand <laughs> followers in the big is nothing to some big, but it was like, when you go from 300 to a thousand, it's like, how did 700 people find me? It was an odd experience. And the same thing on Strava went from like 30 to like 800 followers on Strava. And it was like, how did this happen? And it was just a very weird, um, you know, on that side of things. Um, and it was a, it was a great experience. And it's funny how that sort of stuff is sort of fleeting, you know, even though it's a great community to have, but it's interesting how you'll, you'll just stand up. And now that I'm back into running daily again, it's amazing at how it slowly ticks back up. And I don't understand the whole social media or the algorithm, how people find you on social media. And all of a sudden they like what you're doing. It's not like I disappeared from running, but I wasn't running, you know, let's say a marathon each day. And now I'm doing about, I don't know, 18 miles a day for the last since February 1st. And all of a sudden I'm seeing this tick uptick and I'm going, why do these people care that someone's running slow for, you know, 18 miles? What makes it? It's really a weird social media is a weird thing, but I really do appreciate the local community. And it's been, I, and that is one thing, as you said, like you calling me a legend, uh, only thing I take, you know, hesitant on that is I don't want anyone to think because I've done these things that I feel like I'm better than them because I'm not, I'm just, I just decided to do it and we can all decide to do something. That's what's great about San Diego's running community, whether you're a road runner or a trail runner. I mean, we, we do have a, a an unbelievable community down here that supports one another and and you know having you know hearing that 
starting with marathon number five, people were already starting to jump in with you and, and 80 people showed up at your last one and stuff. And it, that just kind of shows you what, what kind of you know, community support that we have down here. And um, it, it does say a lot about about the runners here. So Absolutely. I had a few friends that I met uh, during that process that said that I just met on the road. They knew I was going to run by or whatever from Strava or whatever. And so they just stood on the corner. I didn't know them. And they said, hey, you're running. Do you mind joining in? And there was a few times, you know, after that run where, you know, they had shared their phone number or whatever. And I struggled, you know, like marathon number 60. And I go, I'm out here and I could really use. And they showed up, you know, even though they weren't planning. But there was a couple of times that just at the, you know, from the beginning to the end, they would start out as random strangers. And then they came out and really saved saved me, you know, towards the end. So it was just incredible um, experience here locally. Taking a step back really quick, when it comes to you getting into running, right? And you, and you're, you're, you're doing the running, you don't know anything about really the races aspect of it. And now you're 1300 days in what's, what's your nutrition look like with this? How did you, how did you start picking up the nutrition tips along the way as far as you're running? Because the more you get into it, obviously the more you're burning and if you're still learning on the fly, what was, what was your nutrition like when you, when you got started? I will say I am, you know, people that obviously I've ran ultras, I've ran hundred milers. I've, I, you know, I haven't gone above a hundred miles yet. Um, that will be a dream to do. Um, and again, It'll be interesting to see how I'll do it because I think that has changed with the popularity of ultras that getting into a 200 or anything that's even a hundred miler seems almost impossible nowadays. And again, we live in San Diego. We can connect our trails and do a thousand mile race if we wanted to, you know, whatever we want. So I'm finding, you know, my mind shifting into when I'm talking about big ultras races it's with our community here they'll come out and support whatever they'll set up aid stations for you um for the most part so it's amazing so i'm sort of reconsidering what races of ultras i do because of just what experiences we can have here in san diego um and as far as my nutrition goes i am lucky that i can eat fuel on the run anything you know there's nothing that'll make my stomach cramp that I've come across yet. Now, of course, knock on wood. Um, but I do find myself when I'm running, I, you know, regularly, I do eat better. Um, you know, I am very much, okay, I know I need to eat extra protein because I've ran 20 miles today or whatever than I would do on a day that I didn't run 20 miles. Um, but I'm not on any specific sort of diets. I just go, okay, if I've ran extra, I'm going to eat extra protein. That's really what I sort of focus on, on the protein side of things. But I'm not anyone that's in the, you know, add collagen into my coffee or, you know, take a supplement. I'm not that type of person because I figure it's better off. I'm going to have more benefit if I keep it as natural as possible. Not that's just me. I don't think any of these supplements are bad. I just find, you know, hey, I've evolved as a person from without these su supplements, somehow I'm still surviving. And I figure them at the same time, I'm not doing super processed food. So it's sort of that balance of as natural as it could be. So I want to just get into some racing questions really quick. Um, again, we've, you've talked about how you've done ultras to half marathons to racing every weekend. So I, I'd like to just kind of 
get your take. What's what's one of your favorite uh, race moments? My favorite race moment of all time right now is crossing the finish line at the SD 100 in 2019. And part of the reason it wasn't just about the the race itself, but in 2018 was my first attempt at that to um, the SD 100. And it's more of a mountain. I had ran um, the Havelina 100 flat, and that was really um, the only 100 that I completed was Havelina flat in the desert. I've ran other ultras and um, Badwater Salt and Sea, which is like an 85 miler um, race, and that's up Palmer Mountain and so forth. But SD 100 in 2018, there was no reason with my training and everything. I just got to that mile 60 and it just felt like I was done. And I was pushing myself to go further um, because I kept saying, okay, I'll drop at the next aid station and see if things change. And it didn't change. And so that was my sort of thought process. And the minute I said, I'm done this in 2018, when I didn't finish this euphoric sense of like, I'm fine, just came over me. And then, of course, you're disappointed that you quit because I handed off my bib and I'm like, I'm not going to let uh, let that happen to me again. And so I had a mantra every day from the 2018, 365 days of just preparing for that race. So when I ran that race in 2019, one, I knew I was going to finish, um, but I think people knew from the community, it's the SD 100, knew that I sort of failed somehow because as you said, I don't know everyone in the community, but somehow people know of me um, and which is a huge honor. But and I wish I knew every single person that I guess knows me. Um, I've had running friends joke. It's like six um, degrees of separation from Kevin Hopp instead of Kevin Bacon. Um, like everyone around here seems to know someone, they either know me or they know someone. <laughs> and so, um, it's yeah. you know, one of those things. And that's what happened at the SD 100 in 2019. When I got to the finish line, it seemed like everyone really cared and knew the story of how I didn't finish the year before or whatever. Um, and that it was my goal race for, you know, 365 days. So that's the biggest finish, um, story. It just felt great to cross that line. What would you consider like one of those points in time? And maybe this falls into the same category of the SD 100, um, you know, uh, some kind of failure that you had during a race that really motivated your, or was that driving point to get back to it or to, or you knew you'd had another race coming up. Like what was that, what was that point that you were like, you know what, that's what I, where I failed and that's what I need to get better at. Um, SD 100, even 2018 without crossing the finish line, I never felt that that was a failure. I just felt that was okay. I have learned something about myself. I'm going to use this. And I guess that's what failure is, but I never thought of it as failure. It was never a failure in my mind. It's like, okay, I'm using this information to prepare me for next year. And I have 365 days to prepare for the next exam or whatever. The probably my biggest failure, and it's not probably would even have been noticed is that Running ultras, I thought the original, and I can't even give the date of the original. I'm going to say it's 2016, Black Mountain 50K. 
Um, and for some reason, I felt like, because it's sort of local to me, I can run there all the time. I just thought it was an easy 50K course. And so, I mean, it's my noble hood. I run out there every day. Who cares? And I was thinking, okay, or Flames a True Course or, you know, the SD, you know, um, the PCT 50 miler, or that's a true course. Um, Black Mountain, my normal run. That course, the way it's set up, you know, to run up to the peak of Black Mountain, like at mile, I don't know, 25-ish at the end, that just from, I wasn't prepared and I disrespected the trail. I finished the race, but nowhere is where I had the ability to finish the race. And I think that's where I felt a failure. Um, and again, I felt even though I crossed the line and finished the race and to most people, I did really, really well. Um, and I'm not trying to say I didn't do well, but I ha I could have finished a lot better if I would have respected. And that's where I learned, even if it's a local and I run on it all the time and I know it well, you got to respect the trail and the race um, and and show up prepared. Well, and that's and that that is huge. I mean, uh, especially out there at Black Mountain. I mean, you say it's, uh, I yeah, I think you said it's kind of an easier course, but it's definitely it's definitely a, a pretty rocky technical thing. So if you don't have any respect for that trail, it's it'll come back to bite you real fast, for sure. So, um, <laughs> so uh, my my final question for you is, uh, what's next for Kevin Hop? So I am you know, coming out of, I'll say a winter, um, emotionally. So I am freshly out of changing seasons. So because it's fresh, I haven't, I'm just happy on day to day of making it through. Um, I, I, I survived the winter and I'm starting to thrive right now and, and enjoy, um, life again. So it's too fresh for me. I haven't picked, a, I mean, I, I want to get back to the sub three road. That's an overall big goal. Um, that was a plan to be done before 50, but I turned 50 March 23rd and we're not going to have any road races before March 23rd and I'm not in the shape. So it's now, you know, it's like everything else of 2020 that's been postponed. It was just postponed. So now I'll be doing it in my fifties. Um, because it's going to take me easily a year to get that fitness back. And then I'm going to say, I want a year to train for that. And so I think it'll be something that'll be when I'm 52. So probably about 2023 will be that goal because speed takes a lot to get back. Um, and that's why I got into trails also because I can run fast on the road and trails are just enjoyable. And when I tell that to people, they're like, you're fast on the trails. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, trail running has always been just for fun. So I think it's going to be something on the trails. And I, I have a friend, Philip, who did an SD 200, um, course. And I, I know I would never beat Philip in terms of, you know, like a fastest known time on the course, but just having that he has done it before, like he has his map road out. He knew where good aid stations could be set up or, you know, and so forth. So I'm thinking some, somewhere along those lines. I, I don't know if it'll be exactly the same thing, um, but something along that and maybe just the competitive edge. I'll have to do 210 miles. Who knows? Um, so I'm thinking in terms of that, but that's still that's sort of long term, too. But I'm thinking something, you know, like a, 
a longer self-supported ultra. Whatever, whatever comes your way. Um, I know I, I, I would love to you know, see you do your best and I, and the community supports you, you know, as much as we can. So, um, good luck to you. And I, I really appreciate you coming out and, and talking to me on, on the podcast today and, and kind of sharing your story and sharing your experiences. Cause I, I think some of that stuff that you, you talk about, like just getting into it and, and, setting a goal for, for for what you want to do i mean it's awesome so i really appreciate it and thanks a lot kev thank you that'll do it for today's episode of the trail life podcast special thanks to kevin hop for jumping on and joining me in conversation today honestly it is amazing i've talked to runners before that have had the 300 400 500 day of run streak but for 1300 days in a row it's amazing and to tack on 70 marathons in 70 days within that 1300 shows you the type of motivation and the type of of mentality that runners can have. And so I I hope that inspires some of our listeners and some of our runners to whatever you do, you put your mind to it, you can get it done. Again, guys, thank you everybody for taking a listen and I'll catch you on the next podcast. See you on the trails real soon.